As many of you know, we just completed our, our capital campaign last Sunday. We had pledging last Sunday. And, uh, y'all, it was just such a, it was a great, I guess really about a great six week period. And I'm just especially grateful for those who are on our, our steering team. Um, there's, let's see, Trey Dyson and, uh, let's see who else, Todd Little. Is Todd in here? Todd's not in here. I didn't figure he would be. Todd doesn't come to church anymore. He just did a steering committee. I, he, I, I believe he came, uh, uh, earlier. Maybe he's out in the, out counting right now. He's busy. Is he down that hallway? Anyway, yeah, Todd's down there. Um, is he like coming in here? Okay, yeah, time to come in here. Todd hates whenever I point him out. And yeah, there he is. Y'all might remember Todd from the video. There he is right there. Yeah. Uh, but I just want to say thanks to Todd and for the, uh, the, the Christiansons and just, just really for everybody, the, the Dysons. Uh, that were involved in the capital campaign. There's just so many people that came and that helped out. And y'all, our goal, really, our goal, we said, you know, we really need to have $150,000 this year, uh, 2010 to 2011, on top of our tithes and offerings so that we'll be able to do some things, be able to hire an architect, uh, be able to get some more equipment that we couldn't get the first time around because we didn't have any money, and, uh, and then do missions with Haiti. Y'all, y'all pledged $230,000. Isn't that great? And so y'all, we need to we need to give ourselves a round of applause, but also those people that helped us. And uh, that really is that that is a blessing. I'm I'm proud of the steering team for doing such a great job. I'm proud of y'all just for gosh for being sensitive to the Lord. And I just I I look forward to what God's going to do this upcoming year. All right, enough of that. Now today we're starting a new series of messages, and I know some of you are saying, "Thank goodness you're not doing that capital campaign stuff anymore right now." Um, so we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to talk about the second coming of Jesus, and I, th- I think for the next, uh, let's see, the next four, the next four Sundays, we're just going to talk about one of the basic doctrines that we have as, as believers. For those of us who are followers of Christ, we believe there's going to be a day when Jesus Christ is going to come again. Now, it's real easy for us to get caught up in just sort of like the everyday stuff of life. You know, we've, we do, uh, uh, my, my son, Glenn, he just finished baseball. We were doing two games a week there. My other son plays football and, and uh, we were doing games there. And so my son's baseball season just ended and we're like, yay. And, uh, you know, football's next. And so, you know, we're just ready to have just regular stuff, you know, in life. But it's really easy to get caught up in, in all the just regular stuff that you do in life. That you forget, especially as believers, that there is more to life than just this one. And the Bible tells us there's going to come a day when Jesus is going to come back. And he's going to right all wrongs that have been done in this world. Now, as we talk about the second coming of the Lord... Uh, I think there's just a few terms that we need to go over just to sort of get kind of familiar, uh, familiar with this. You might say, why do I need to be familiar with this, the second coming and all that? Because I believe if we're not familiar with it, then we're not going to have enough knowledge to be prepared for when Jesus does come back. And so just a few terms. I don't want to bore you all, um, but I hope hopefully this will, this will be helpful for you. Now, some words that you might hear when you talk about Jesus coming back, you might hear the word of the apocalypse. You all you all heard that one, of course, I'm sure from the movie. You know, apocalypse now, but that's the one we're referring to today. Uh, the apocalypse, basically what it means is it means to unveil or reveal. Uh, whenever you're talking about scripture and prophetic writings in the Bible, we're talking about writings that, that reveal previously hidden meanings. Another term that we use or that we talk about when we talk about Jesus coming again is the, the, the term eschatology. 
Uh, I like I like saying that word because it makes me sound smart. Uh, but what it really means is really basic eschatology. It means the study of the end days or the, the last days of Christ. Um, another word that you will see when you read in the Old Testament and the New Testament, a phrase, is the day of the Lord. You'll see it referred to ever so often, and this will happen in the day of the Lord. Now, what, what is the day of the Lord? It's not speaking of just a 24-hour period of time. It's really just talking about events that lead up to the day when Jesus is going to come again. And then there is the term, the rapture. Uh, how many of y'all have heard that one, rapture? Have y'all heard that word before, the rapture? Okay, the rapture, uh, it kind of got popular with uh, that Left Behind series. If y'all remember that, about I don't know, maybe 10 years ago, the Tim LaHaye books that talk about the rapture. What's the rapture? Well, the rapture is, uh, uh, comes from 1 Thessalonians 4, it's where it's talked about. And the belief here, or the, the, the theology here, is that there's going to be a day when Jesus will, will come and he will, he will physically take his followers, who are still alive during this time, take them physically to be with him. It says, we will meet the Lord in the air and then go into heaven with him. Now that's kind of, and that's strange, isn't it? But that's what it's referring to when it talks about the rapture. And then another term, uh, when we talk about the second coming of Christ, is the tribulation. Tribulation uh, is going to occur between uh, the rapture and uh, Jesus' final judgment. And the tribulation is a, it's a seven-year uh, seven period of time. And during that time, what's going to happen is that the rapture will occur and then basically the, the devil's in charge. And it's, it says the Antichrist, one who stands against God, is going to stand up, declare himself to be God, and it's going to be a horrible period of time. We're going to see destruction. Uh, we're going to see just absolute chaos in our world. And then we're told that those who become Christians during this time are going to be severely persecuted. And so that's another term that's used. And this last one I'm going to tell you about uh, Armageddon. Uh, Armageddon is, refers to the last battle that's going to take place. It's, going to, I mean, it's, re- it's really going to usher in the end of the world as we know it. And Armageddon, and I believe it's Revelation 19, tells us that, the, that, that Satan is going to gather up, inspire the armies of this world to move against Israel, to go destroy the nation of Israel. Now, this is always interesting to me because when I look at our world today, y'all, there is a tremendous hatred for the nation of Israel. And, and I, I look at this, I think, man, this is the Bible. There's some stuff in the Bible you can't get night. This stuff is true. And so the, there, there's going to be a movement to, to fight against Israel. And as they move towards Israel, the Bible says that Jesus will come and he will destroy the armies of the world and preserve Israel and establish his kingdom. Uh, Emily and I, and I, again, our kids too, we've, actually, we've driven across the plains of Armageddon. I just want you to know that it's a real, it is a very real place. Okay, now that's some of the background. I hope that y'all, are y'all still with me on this? I just wanted to, we're going to be talking about this for the next, you know, for the next several weeks. So I just want to kind of get you up to date on some terms. But today in our, in our scripture, we're going to see Jesus sharing with his followers just some, some basic things that they needed to know about the return of Jesus, about his return. And so if you have your Bible, you can look with me in Luke chapter 17. And we're going to look in verse number 24 in just a few moments. So Luke 17, verse 24 and uh, I'm going to give you all just a little background information about what's happening in our text right here. Uh, what's going on here is that Jesus is heading to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover with thousands of other Jews. 
Now, the Passover, as you may recall, is a celebration when the people uh, celebrated when Moses led the Hebrew people out of Egyptian captivity. Y'all remember that? Okay, so he led them out of Egyptian captivity. Now, what was going on right at this time is that the people were under Roman rule. And so as they're celebrating the Passover, they're looking for another Moses. They're thinking, man, this Jesus guy could be the one who's going to lead us out of Roman captivity. And so everybody's looking to Jesus, and then Jesus, at this point, begins to talk about his second coming. And he had a different plan in mind than what the rest of the the Jews thought. They're looking for a political Messiah. Jesus said, no, it's, it's not what you think. He said, I'm going to leave this earth first, but then I will come again and establish a new kingdom. All right, now, now what does all this mean for us? You know, what are some things that, that we need to know about Jesus coming again? And I'm just going to share with you three basic things. First thing we need to know about Jesus coming again is, first of all, when he comes, it will happen in a flash. When Jesus comes again, y'all, it's going to be sudden. It's going to be quick. In verse number 24, Jesus said, For the Son of Man in his day will be like the lightning which flashes and lights up the sky from one end to the other. When Jesus entered into our world the first time, how did Jesus come here first time? Y'all remember? Yeah, Christmas. He came here as a baby. Came here as a baby. He lived here for three decades before he began his public ministry. And then he began his public ministry. But the next time Jesus intervenes into our world, he's not coming as a baby. Jesus isn't coming here to preach. When Jesus comes a second time, the Bible says, that verse we just read, says he's going to come in a flash. It says he's going to come like lightning. Okay, now what in the world does that have to do with anything? What is What is lightning? Y'all, lightning, when it comes, it typically comes in the middle or right when a storm is about to begin, right? Or when a storm's brewing. When Jesus comes again, there will be a storm that is brewing in our world as we know it today. Uh, that means that if, if you want to, you can actually become a storm watcher. If, if you want to see some, what some of the times will be like when Jesus returns, basically what our scripture's telling us is that when Jesus comes back, yeah, there's going to be chaos in our world. Now, there's going to be, the Bible talks about, there's going to be increase in earthquakes and storms. There's going to be political drama. There's going to be uh, families turning against each other. Now, it's just going to be chaos. Now, whenever I read and I see what the Bible says about what it's going to be like when Jesus comes again, it's going to be like chaos. And I look at our world today. Would y'all, I mean, would you kind of agree with me that the world we live in today is sort of chaotic? I mean, would you agree with me that the world we live in today is, is, sort, is a mess? You know, the stuff that not that long ago that we used to call right, we, we now call it wrong. The stuff that we used to call wrong, we now call it right. The Bible talks about this like it's going to happen, and it is. 2 Timothy 4.3 says, For the time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine, or in other words, biblical teaching. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. 
So instead of looking for the truth in the last days, it's going to be a chaotic time where we're not looking for the truth, but we're just looking for people to say stuff that that's going to make us feel better. You know, stuff that, that we're, that's going to enable us to do whatever it is that we want to do. And when the times get like that, the Bible says, then that is an indicator that Jesus is about to come. Now, to me, what this shows me is Jesus, could, he could come today. Because we are living in that kind of time. But when he comes, he's going to come quickly. He's going to come like lightning. How fast is lightning? Uh, I looked this up. Lightning goes from the atmosphere to the ground and back up in one ten thousandth of a second. That, that's quick. So when Jesus comes, he's coming quick. As a matter of fact, he's going to come so fastly, uh, so quickly that when he, when he comes, that you're really not going to have time to prepare for it when he gets here. Not only that, when he comes, he's coming in power. Lightning is a, is a powerful force. When it, when it strikes, as it's coming out of the sky, it heats up the air around it to 1,400 degrees Fahrenheit instantly. It gets so, it's so powerful, it's such a change in the atmosphere that it causes the molecules to sort of bounce around off of each other, which causes thunder that you can hear for miles away. So in other words, when Jesus comes, he's coming like lightning. He's coming with power. He's coming quickly. And we need to understand this. Yeah, I think a lot of us have a hard time of having that kind of concept about Jesus. Yeah, that he's coming in strength and might and power. Because typically when we think about Jesus, we think of you know, we think of baby Jesus. You know, y'all, we are just, as Matthew said earlier, we are just like a, what, a month and a half away from Christmas. Now, when we talk about Jesus, you know, we talk about, we talk about, some of you are thinking about a movie, I'm sure, right now. But whenever we talk about Jesus, a lot of us, we, we just think of, we think of little tiny Jesus. Or we think of, you know, we think of Jesus whenever he began his ministry. We think, oh, Jesus, he's, he's the one who came, he spoke on love. And hope in the future. And all those things are true. And I don't, I don't have a problem with baby Jesus. And I don't have a, I don't have a problem with, uh, with Jesus preaching on love and hope. Because those, there's no doubt all those things are, are talked about concerning Jesus. But there's another side of Jesus man, we, we tend to ignore. And that is there is a Jesus that is righteous. A Jesus who when he comes, he will come back in power. He's not coming back in swaddling clothes. When he comes back, he's going to come back as judge. He's coming back to make all wrongs right. And when Jesus comes, he will come like thunder and lightning. We better be ready. We better be prepared. Because most of the world will ignore the sign, will ignore the coming of Jesus. And it will be too late. Now, when Jesus comes, some things we need to know, it, it will happen in a flash. And I'm here to tell you today, and I'm, uh, I'm not trying to scare anybody or anything like that, I, but I do believe, I do believe we could be, I'm not saying I know for sure, but we could be living in a time when Jesus is going to come back. Now, what else do we need to know about the second coming of Jesus? Well, we need to know what the time will be like when Jesus comes and what's it going to be like. Well, look with me in verse number 26. It says, just as in the days, as it was in the days of Noah, so also it will be in the days of the Son of Man. People were eating, drinking, marrying, and being given in marriage up to the day Noah entered the ark. Then the flood came and destroyed them all. It was the same in the days of Lot. People were eating and drinking, buying and selling, planting and building. But the day Lot left Sodom, it says, 
fire and sulfur rained down from heaven and destroyed them all. Now, a question to ponder is, are there any hints that are given concerning what the days will be like when Jesus returns? And people have made guesses or predictions about when, when Jesus is going to come back for years. I mean, the people living in Jesus' day, they thought, they thought that it was an imminent return in their lifetime when Jesus would come back. Um, the Jehovah's Witnesses in 1914, they said Jesus will come back in 1914. Uh, he didn't. Um, in 1988, there was a book that came out. I remember this book came out and said 88 reasons why Jesus will return in 1988. Uh, apparently, those were, they missed them all. Uh, y'all remember Y2K? Y2K, man, I mean, I, there are so many people who said Jesus is coming back and because the computers are going to go crazy. Y'all remember that? It's, they're not going to roll over to, from 19, you know, 19 to 20, so it's just going to throw everything into chaos and Jesus will come back then. That those are just a few guesses that people have made in a long line of guesses that have been absolutely wrong. Does anybody know when Jesus is coming back? Absolutely not. And Jesus tells us this. I don't know why we keep guessing. Uh, Jesus tells us in Matthew twenty four thirty six, No one knows about that day or hour, not even the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Only God knows. Nobody knows when Jesus is coming back. But Jesus did say there are some hints given that can help us see that it's approaching. Now, the biggest hint that we're given is in the text we're reading today. It says, it's, what are the days going to be like when Jesus comes again? The Bible says it will be like it was in the days of Noah. All right, a little Bible class here. What's the big thing Noah was known for? The ark. Good job. Gold star for everybody. The ark. That's what Noah was known for. What were the days like when Noah was living? Our text says the people were eating, they were drinking, they were getting married, and they were giving in marriage. Now, you say, those are the signs. What does that mean? It means life. Was just, it was just everyday life that was going on when the flood came. When the judgment came, it was just everyday life. But what's it going to be like when Jesus comes back? It's going to be just like that. Guys, we're just going to be living life like we are right now. People are going to be eating, drinking, getting married, giving in marriage. That is an indicator to me, once again, that when Jesus comes back, He will come and... In a day just like the day where we're living. Now, now, why did Noah build the ark? Noah built the ark, of course, because God told him to. But he built the ark because God was displeased with people. Because people were living contrary to the leadership of God. In Genesis 5, uh, verse number 5, it says, The Lord saw how great man's wickedness on the earth had become, and that every inclination... And the thoughts of his heart was only evil all the time. During the last days, a sign that Jesus is going to come back is that wickedness will be prevalent. People are going to be disobedient to God. Just like they were in the day of Noah. That's how it's going to be when Jesus comes back now. Now, I know that um, I look around in our world, and yeah, I'm so amazed. The older I get, man, the more I, I become like my grandmother. I look around and I think, man, this world is getting evil. You know, it's my, I remember my grandmother. Y'all listen to that music today. And you know, that TV, nothing's on the television but trash and garbage. I mean, this is when, like, Hee Hall was on. I'm like, uh, so that's my grandmother. You know what? I watch TV now, and I look at television, and I'm saying the same stuff my grandmother is. I'm like, man, look. I, I'm, I'm sound like an old-timey preacher here, but it's true. I sit there, and I go, man, look at the garbage that we are entertained by now. 
Um, I was, I'm not saying I watched this show. I was flipping through, and this is true. And there's, have y'all ever heard of this? Show? I know you have, so just act like you didn't. So act surprised, make me feel better. Real Housewives of, you know, New Jersey or Atlanta or New York. Okay. And I'm sure that most of you, I'm sure most of you uh, have, are, at least have heard of that show. We were flipping through that, y'all. I watched that thing, and because Emily's addicted to it. But I watched that show. And I sat there and I looked at that show and I could not believe how greedy people are and how depraved we are. Some of the stuff they're talking about. I think, what in the world is this junk doing on TV? Now you'd say, well, that's because that's, that's New Jersey and New York. People aren't like that in Columbia. Let me tell you something. People are like that in Columbia. People, people are like that in, everywhere in the stuff that we used to call Wrong, we now call it right. And the stuff we used to call right, we now call it wrong. Now, y'all, I'm just going to tell you, I read an article, it was an editorial in the state newspaper, September 29th. You can look it up if you want to. And I I cut it out, because I was like, I can't believe it, it's in Columbia. There were some religious religious leaders that had gotten together, and there was a gay pride parade in Columbia. And the religious leaders had gotten together, they wrote an article about some conservative Christians who were against the parade coming to Columbia. And they compared them to being, and just to let you know, y'all, I am a conservative Christian. Now, I don't, I'm not going to force my, I do not, I cannot force my beliefs on anybody. But if I'm going to be true to what Scripture says, I want to hold to the convictions of what God's Word, God's Word teaches. They compared somebody who does that to being a jihadist, a terrorist. That's in Colombia. And I look at that stuff and I think, you've got to be kidding me. In the last, I mean, I, I, th- I look and see where we've come the last 10 years, and I think, where are we going to be in the next 10 years? And as I, I look at our, our world, and I see, you know what? We are living as if we are living in the days of Noah, as in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah. And the people in the day of Noah, they, they lived like life had no end. Noah preached for 120 years. He said, y'all, flood's coming. God's going to judge. People ignored him. For one, they'd never seen rain. They didn't know what a flood was. They, they didn't have boats. I mean, not, not a big boat like that. So they're like, this guy's nuts. They ignored him. But you know what happened after 120 years? It started raining. And a flood came. You know how many people were on the boat? Eight. It was just, it was just Noah's family. Everybody else, when the flood came, they began to beat on the door trying to get in. But they could not get in because the Bible says God had already shut the door. And those people perished because they missed out on their chance to respond to the message that God had given them. God had given them a warning. That's what we're talking about, the second coming of Christ. Because we need to be warned. It's coming. It reminds me of the story of, you know, the frog in the, in the pot, the frog in the kettle. If you put a frog in a kettle, it's boiling water. What's the frog going to do? He's going to hop out of there. If you put him in there and that, that water's cool and you just slowly jump it up by, by like one degree at a time after a period of time, that frog will stand there because it gets comfortable and it will boil to death. And I'm afraid for many of us as believers and for those of us who, 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 who just live an everyday life, y'all, we are, we are the, the degree is getting turned up one degree at a time as we move further and further away from what God's Word teaches. We move away from His leadership and before we know it, we're going to end up getting boiled to death. So that's why we want to know what God's Word says, so that we will recognize when things are being taught that are contrary to God's leadership, so that we can jump out of the pot before, you know, before we get bowled to death. 
Now, what do we need to know about Christ's return? Well, one, it's going to happen in a flash. We need to know what the times are going to be like. You know, it's going to be like now. It's regular times. The last thing we need to know about the, uh, the, the last thing we need to know about Christ's return is this: very simple. You, you need to know you want to be ready. You want to be ready for when Jesus does come back. In verse number twenty-nine, these last two verses, I'll read. It says, "But the day Lot left Sodom, fire and sulfur rained down from heaven and destroyed them all." And it will be just like this on the day the Son of Man is revealed. You know, people are going to be surprised when Jesus comes back. And we're going to be surprised it's going to happen in a flash. And it says Jesus will reveal himself. That word reveal means he's going to uncover himself. It's like he's going to remove the facade of life and say, I'm here. I came back like I said I would. Are you ready? You know, whenever um, your wife... You guys, when your wife goes out of town for maybe a weekend, she comes back. One thing you want to do is you want to be ready for when she comes back home, right? Uh, every year, Emily goes on a trip with her girlfriends from high school, and they, they leave for the weekend. And when they leave, I'll be honest, I let things slide, you know, just a little bit when she leaves. Um, you know, I don't make the bed every day because I'm, I'm thinking, why am I, am I making it for myself? You know, it's like I'm getting that back in anyway. So I don't make the bed. Um, I don't necessarily do all the... You know, do all the laundry. Um, you know, I don't take the dogs out. No, I'm kidding. I do take them out. But there's a lot of stuff that I let slide. But whenever Emily comes back, she comes back, she always comes back on Sunday. When she's coming back, you know what I'm doing Sunday after church? Yeah, I man, I'm a, it is looking good. I'm, I'm doing all that stuff I said that I didn't do. I'm getting it ready. Now, why am I getting ready? Because when Emily comes home, I want her to be happy. And I do not want her to be angry at me. You know, I want her to, I want her to, you know, when she comes home, I want her to think, yeah, the house looks pretty much like it did whenever I left. Now, we need to apply that same type of thinking to Jesus. Jesus left for a long weekend, you know, after he ascended into heaven. But he told us, he said, I'm coming back. Now, when Jesus makes a promise, Jesus keeps his promise. Now, we don't know when he's coming back, but Jesus did say, I'm coming back. And because he's coming back, that means for us, we better be ready. We better get our laundry all picked up. Better get the bed made. We better make sure that we are obedient to what God tells us in Scripture. And when you sense God impressing upon your heart to pray for your neighbors, do it. When you sense God impressing upon your heart to reach out and to serve someone, do it. When you sense in your heart God's calling you to, to invite a person that, that you are close to into the church, do it. Because if you don't do it, then you are, you're, it's like dirty laundry. You're just leaving stuff undone that God's called you to do. And you're going to miss out on the joy of being obedient to God. And they could be missing out on the opportunity to be prepared for the return of Jesus. Now, in closing, I just want to say this. Pretty much, it's going to be like this. Ready or not, Jesus is coming. You know, ready or not, it's like he's counting to 100 and he's going to turn around and say, ready or not, here I come. The question is, are you going to be ready? Now, there's some things that we need to know that will help us be ready. First of all, we need to know it will happen in a flash. We need to know what the times will be like, and we, we, we need to know that we'll want to be ready. Now, are you ready for his return? And you might say, well, I mean, how do we know it's going to happen in our lifetime? We don't. 
Now, just because it doesn't, his return doesn't happen in our lifetime doesn't mean that oh, we get off scot-free. Because the Bible does tell us something else. It tells us that we will eventually stand before God because death will come. If we don't get raptured out of here as believers, death will come. Hebrews 9.27 tells us, It is appointed unto man once to die and then to face the judgment. And we're going to be one, we're want, we will want to be ready for that day as well. Now, are you ready? Name, I say, I'm not sure. If you're not sure, you can get ready today. And how do you do that? By just simply calling out to God and say, Jesus, I, I believe you will return. And because I believe that, Jesus, I am asking you to make me ready. Forgive me of my sin. Jesus, I ask you to be my Lord, my Savior, the leader of my life. And I want to live for you. That's how you get ready. Now, some of you haven't done that yet. And I'll encourage you, just where you are, you can silently pray that prayer or something like it to the Lord. Just simply say, Jesus, I need you. And I, forgive me. I am entrusting my life to you. And you can do that now. Now, for others of us, we're believers, but we've got, we've got, some, we've got some laundry we need to clean up. And yet, there's, some of you, there's things in your life that you know should not be there. And it's time for you just simply to come before God and say, God, I want you to remove these things from my life. And Lord, I'm going to commit. I'm going to commit myself to living for you. Now, I believe accountability is important. And the, the greatest tool that we have for accountability in our church is our small group ministries. And if you, if you have your bulletin, you can look in your bulletin. You can see some of the small groups that we have. And if you just like some more information about small groups and you, you need help finding one, open your bulletin, fill out that section on the right side, and you check that line that says, I'm, I'm interested in small groups. And we will help you find a small group. If you're going to commit yourself to Christ, your life to Christ, you do the same thing, fill that section out, then check that line, I'm committing my life to Christ. That will enable us to get you something in the mail about growing in a walk with Jesus. Now, what we're going to be looking at over the next several weeks is we're going to be looking at the return of Jesus. And today, as we looked into our scripture, I hope that you see there's some things that you, just some background stuff that you need to know about the coming of Jesus. And we'll get a little bit more in depth in it as the couple of weeks that, that, are, that are coming up so that we will be a church that knows about the promise that God gives that one day he will return for his people. Let's bow forward to prayer. Heavenly Father, we are grateful for this day that you've given us. And we are thankful, Lord, that you have not forgotten your people. You tell us that you will come again for us. Lord, I pray that, that you will speak to hearts, that you will bless us, and that you will draw us near to you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.